Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again to Moody Church. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, we're so glad you're here. And for those of you who are regularly here in person, we miss you and we're so glad that you're able to join us online uh, tonight. If you haven't already, uh, I would really encourage you, if you're able to like this video, if you're watching on Facebook, to share and to like it. We would just love in this time of so much going on just for people to hear the message of Jesus and the hope that we have in him. So we would love for you to like and to share wherever you're watching this tonight. Well, it has been really an unprecedented last couple of weeks um, when you think about it. And I don't know about you, but for me, I've had, I think, just a wide range of emotions to everything that's gone on the last couple of weeks, not just here in Chicago or here in the U.S., but really this is something that's impacted our entire world. I think for a lot of us, maybe some of our first emotions were of some skepticism. We, we maybe were aware of some of the things going on, but it seems a long ways off. And it didn't really seem like it would really impact our lives a lot and then suddenly, about a week and a half or so ago, as regulations started getting put in place and schools were getting canceled, suddenly, for a lot of people, the, the next emotion that they felt was panic, was panic. And certainly, like many of you, I have seen some of that just being played out in real life as well. I was going for a walk last Saturday around my neighborhood when several streets down from me, I saw a car pull up and they got out and they had an entire SUV and they opened the back up and filled to the brim in the back of their SUV was toilet paper. They were ready. They were prepared. But we've all seen empty shelves at grocery stores and people just panicking and not knowing what to do. But I think for myself and I think for a lot of us, the underlying emotion that we sense, whether it's constant or preoccupied as we sense, as we maybe scroll through our Facebook or we read the news, is a, the emotion of fear. That fear for me, and I think for so many of us, is, is such a common response to, to the COVID-19 and everything that's going on around us. Why, why is fear such a common response to the events that are happening in our world today. I think there's a few reasons. First, I think any time where our own death, our own possible death or mortality is shown to us, I think it's a natural instinct for us to be afraid. And I think as we are faced with the fact that perhaps ourselves or loved ones or people we know could become sick, that's not something we would ever want for anyone. And so fear is often just a natural emotion that comes through a spread of any illness, let alone an illness like this. But of course, it's not just the illness that's going around. I think another reason why fear is so prominent in our lives is the financial insecurity that's come the last couple of weeks. Of course, you've seen the stock market is just all over the place, up and down, and unfortunately a lot more down recently than it's been up. And I don't know about you, but I've made it a discipline not to open certain things or check certain things right now. But even as I was thinking about that, and it has impact on the far future, so not immediate impact for me personally, but there's a lot of us, and there's a lot of you probably who are watching right now who have already been financially impacted the last week. I have friends who have had hours 
severely reduced and they're not sure when they'll be working next. I know people who were sent home on Friday told that they were getting pay cuts because their businesses didn't know how they were going to work. And I have a lot of friends and family who have already gotten laid off. And for them, the fear isn't just a fear of a sickness or an illness, but for them, the fear is how are we going to pay the bills at the end of March or the end of April if we're not working? And I think for all of us, there's just an uncertainty in the air right now. And anytime things are uncertain and unsettled, fear is an underlying emotion that's so common in our lives. How long will life be like this? How long will these stay-at-home orders or will, will things be like this with needing to work from home? How long will a pandemic be spreading through? We don't know. And that can cause fear. What will life be like exactly when this is over? We don't know. We know that things will probably look somewhat different, but we're not exactly sure. And for many of us, just this uncertainty of life causes fear in our hearts. Well, tonight we're going to open God's word together. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you think of scripture, when you think of the Bible, most likely you do think that the Bible has a lot of commands for God's people. Maybe you think of the Ten Commandments. That would be a natural place to go to. Or you think of other commands that are given either in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. But did you know that the most repeated command throughout all of God's word is this? Fear not. Fear not. It's a common command throughout the Old and into the New Testament that in difficult times, God shows up to his people with this request, this command, this imperative to them to fear not. And tonight, as we think about this, we need to be reminded of this because in the scariest times of our lives is when we need to be reminded that God is in control and we don't need to live lives controlled by fear. You know, when Jesus's disciples were about to enter into probably the moments of their lives that would be filled with the fear the most, as Jesus was approaching the cross, I find his words to his disciples so compelling. At the Last Supper, which was literally just hours before he was to be arrested and, and go to the cross, he says this in John chapter 14, verse 1 to his disciples, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Then he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And in John chapter 16, the last words, the last words in the book of John that Jesus gives to his disciples before he goes to the cross is this. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And Jesus to his disciples talked about this peace, this, this needing not to fear as he was approaching his death because he knew the significant that that would have on their hearts and on their lives. And tonight we're going to look to God's word at four reasons, four reasons why we don't need to be controlled by fear. Four reasons why even with everything going on, 
in the pandemic and the financial markets that Christians don't need to live their lives controlled by fear. The first reason we don't need to live controlled by fear is this, is that God is never caught off guard. God is never surprised. He is not caught off guard by the circumstances that have befallen our country now and whatever is still to come. God is not unaware and he is not surprised by what's happening. There are so many passages that talk about this. One of them in the book of Isaiah says this, it says, remember the former things of old for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. And then I love this in verse 10. He says that I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish my purpose. See, God is the God who is sovereign and who is in control of all things. He, he reigns and he rules over everything. And in tumultuous times, it's easy for us to forget that we still serve a God who is all powerful. You know, in times of suffering and hardship, I think as followers of Jesus, we find ourselves in a little bit of a tension as we live. Because on one sense, we, we understand and we know that God is all powerful. He is the God of all power. And on the other hand, we know that God is good. That God is good. And in suffering, in hardship, in pandemic, we are, are faced with how, how does this make sense? And our hearts sometimes try and wrestle with these two truths that we know to be true about God. One uh, famous book that wrestled with these two truths was written many years ago by Harold Kushner. It's called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And he actually wrote the book as a response soon after the death of his 14-year-old son. And as he grasped and wrestled through these things, ultimately his conclusion was that God, in fact, isn't all-powerful. God isn't in control or else he would have done something different. And it's easy in times of trouble, in times of fear, to rely on our own understanding, to try and simplify things to ourselves. But the reality is this, when we experience fear, it is easy to let our feelings dictate our faith. When we experience fear, and all of us to some extent right now, are experiencing fear. When we experience fear in our lives, it is so easy to let our thoughts about God be controlled by our emotions, by, by what we feel rather than by the faith that we have and rather than the truth of God's word. We need to be reminded of truths like this in Psalm chapter 147, verse five, that says, great is our Lord and abundance in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Scripture is filled with truths of how God is the God of all power. God is in control and nothing that's happened has caught God off guard. I think the last few weeks have caught a lot of us by surprise, have caught a lot of us off guard, but they haven't caught God off guard. Things, as you know, are just changing so quickly. 
We read news updates and it seems like just a few days ago, doesn't it, that life seemed to be normal and now here in Illinois, we're in a stay-at-home order for all but essential services. Things have changed so quickly. But know this, God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. We, from our limited points of view, struggle sometimes with the change that we experience, but I just want to remind us, God hasn't changed. You know, it's interesting. It's a very small impact on my life, but I actually wasn't even supposed to be here tonight. I was planning a couple days ago to head out to California to visit family, but plans change. And almost everyone in the world, I'd imagine, by this point has been impacted and plans have changed. And it's hard when our plans change to realize how that lines up with God's plan. I came across this quote this week by one of my favorite authors, Jerry Bridges, and he writes it in the book, Trusting God. And he says this, from our limited vantage points, our lives are marked by an endless series of contingencies. We frequently find ourselves, instead of acting as we planned, reacting to an unexpected turn of events. We often make plans, but are forced to change those plans. And I think all of us have experienced that this week. But then he reminds us of this, but there are no contingencies with God. I love this. Our unexpected forced change of plans is part of his plan. God is never surprised, never caught off guard, never frustrated by unexpected developments. My friends, God has not been caught off guard the last few weeks and months through what has happened in our world. And we don't need to live in fear because God still rules and God still reigns over all things. It's so easy to be so consumed by everything going on around us. And I just want to encourage you this week that when fear starts to rise within you, to focus your heart, not on what you feel, but on what God's word says to be true. That this week, maybe if we saturated our lives with scripture, God would address the fears in our hearts. This week, when you feel fear, what if we turned off the TV? If we shut the computer and we set down the phone and we opened God's word and we reminded ourselves of the truth of God's word in the midst of this crazy and turbulent world that we live. So we don't need to fear because God has not been caught off guard. The second reason that we don't need to live lives controlled by fear is that God has defeated death. God has defeated death. And anytime we feel like our own lives could possibly be at risk, I think it's natural to, to feel a sense of, of fear and panic about things. But as followers of Jesus, we're reminded of the truths of scripture contained to what it means to die when we are united to Christ. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. 
for this perishable, excuse me, this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, for the Christian, it's not that we live lives fearlessly because we feel like we're immune to things. As a follower of Jesus, we are no more immune to losing our jobs, to getting infected. We are no more immune to physical death than anyone else is. So we don't have to live lives in fear, not because we're going to get some immunity, but this, we don't need to live in fear because we know death is not the final answer. Death is not the final answer to our lives because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Because if we believe in Jesus and what he has done, that he died in our place, not just died, but was raised to life on the third day, that by faith in him, we know that when we physically die, we are united to him and we will still live. Even in death, we're not separated from Jesus. Romans 8 is one of my favorite passages. And it says this in Romans 8 verses 38 to 39. For I am sure, I am convinced, he says, I know without a doubt, this is for sure, that neither, he starts it right there, death. That neither death nor life, angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love it. I think at certain points of our lives, we need to be reminded because depending on what the circumstances are, we would feel that these things could separate us. Our future, our past, height, depth, powers, and especially right now, death. But nothing can separate us from Jesus Christ because of what he has done for us. This hope that we have is so profound, is so powerful in fearful times. You know, the way that this virus is spreading and things are going, the time is likely coming soon that all of us will know personally people who are impacted, who are either sick or are close to people who they love who are sick with this virus. And I just want you to know that the reality of death is, I think, being forced into our eyes again and anew. And if you're watching today and you're hearing someone talk about hope beyond death and that we don't need to fear even if our physical bodies waste away, you may say, man, how, how do they have that hope? I just want you to know it's because of what Jesus has done for us and that that offer is free for anyone Anyone can place their faith and trust in Jesus today. And when we place our trust in what Jesus has done, we have hope not just for this life, but for eternity. 
And for the follower of Jesus, we can live fear-free lives. We don't have to be controlled by fear even when a pandemic breaks because we know even death can't separate us from the love that God has for us. Well, the third reason that we don't have to live lives controlled by fear is this. God is for us. God is for us. It says in Romans chapter eight, a well-known passage, it says this, and we know that for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose, those who are followers of Jesus, those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. This phrase is a profound truth in difficult times. And I want you to know that the circumstances of the last two months haven't changed God's word. This promise is still just as true today for us as it was last year, as it will be next year, that God will work all things together for good who are called according to his purpose. And it continues, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And then he writes this, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, and it's not a question, he's saying since. Since God is for us, who, what could possibly be against us. Because I just want to remind us tonight that God is on our side. God is on our side. And in the midst of trouble and hardship and difficulty, we talked about that tension. God is all powerful and God is good. I'll be honest, it's, it's hard to sometimes see or to understand God's good plan when we see hurt and pain and loss around us. But God's word promises that he is for us. God will work all things for our good. As you've probably been reminded, even if you've watched this morning, Pastor Ed talked about it at our morning service, or it's been talked about a lot recently. Really the the most comparable thing to what we are starting to see now, the last time this happened in our country was just over 100 years ago with the influenza epidemic in 1918. It hit different areas more harshly than others. And I was reading this last week about a church in Washington, D.C. And lots of the measures that are in place now here in Chicago and in many places throughout the world were placed there in Washington, D.C. Schools were closed. Theaters were closed. Churches were shut down. And may I remind you, this is 100 years ago. There's no online church. There's no watching on YouTube or on Facebook back then. And I came across a, a leading African-American pastor who pastored a large church in Washington, D.C., Francis Grimke. And I, I read what I believe was the first sermon back after many Sundays where the church had been closed and the people were there. The flu had devastated and killed many people in Washington, D.C., November 3rd, 1918. And he reflecting on this challenge that had been to him. And he said he was so consumed with worry, worry for the church, worry for his people. And he said, worry as to what God was doing. And then he said this, I said to myself though, 
Why worry? God knows what he is doing. His work is not going to suffer. It will rather be a help to it in the end. Out of it, I believe great good is coming. All the churches and the community at large are going to be stronger and better for this season of distress through which we have been passing. I just loved that reminder for me this week that we don't know why this is happening. We don't know what has caused this or how long this will take place, but we do still know as followers of Jesus Christ, that God is for us, that God is still good and his plan for us is still for our good, even in the midst of everything that's gone on in our world and that we're experiencing right now. So we've seen these reasons why we don't have to be controlled by fear. And the fourth reason tonight that we don't have to live lives in fear is this truth, that God will always be with us. God will always be with us. There are so many passages throughout scripture that remind us of this constant truth that God does not abandon his people. One that I love was given to the people of God, the Israelites, as they were about to enter into the promised land and face what could be an unknown and uncertain time. And it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. Why? For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. The people of God don't have to be controlled by fear because no matter what the circumstances of our lives may be, we don't go there alone. No matter what social distancing we may have to do, even if we're living under quarantine with no human interaction, we are not alone. God is with us. And the power of God's presence with us gives us courage, no matter how fearful the circumstances of life may be around us. I remember many years ago, as I was at one of the camps that we have here at Moody Church, a kid was being dropped off at camp and I have known this boy since he was born. I've known him his entire life. And he looked into this new environment that he would have to wander alone. And he was terrified. And he went back to his parents and tears started coming down his face. And he said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then I came over and was talking with them. And the parents said to this boy, well, what if you go with Pastor Michael? What if you just walk in with him? You're not by yourself. He'll go in with you. Suddenly the tears were gone and he reached up and he grabbed my hand and we walked in together and he was fine. Why? Because he realized he wasn't alone. My friends, no matter what will happen to you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are not alone. Even in the face of possible death, Psalm 23 verse 4 reminds us of this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God does not leave us alone. He is with us. The passage that 
I have reflected on the most, I think, this week and that I've actually seen shared the most online by friends and others through social media is Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46 in the first three verses of this amazing psalm that we sung a lot of earlier says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The psalmist uses four of the most powerful imagery that he can. The most powerful images of total chaos, of total turmoil, of total devastation. And says, through all of that, we will not fear because God is with us. God is our very present help in times of trouble. See, the world is undergoing a lot of fear right now. And so what does the world need to see from the people of Jesus Christ? What does the world need to see from the church? Well, A.W. Tozer put it this way, a scared world needs a fearless church. Our world is scared. Our world is scared. What do they need From us, they need a fearless church. Why is it so important in this time for the sake of Christ and his testimony in the world that we live fearless lives? I think it's so important for this reason that when we live in fear, we live for ourselves. When we live lives controlled by fear, we focus on ourselves only and on our needs and how to protect ourselves. It's easy to say and to think in a pandemic, in a financial crisis, what does it look like to protect me? To make sure I have what I need and that I'm good. But someone once asked Jesus, what does the whole Old Testament mean? What does it look like to follow him? And he summed it up really easy. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love people. When we are living lives in fear, we're not able to love God as we should. And we're not able to love people as we should. We're not able to love like Jesus would have us love. The question that Christians should always be asking themselves when it comes to living our lives to others is this, what does love require of me? What does it look like in this situation to love? And I just want to ask us this question tonight is this, not just what does love require of me, but what does love require of us in a pandemic? What does it look like not to live lives controlled by fear, but propelled by love in a pandemic here in the U.S., here in Chicago in this time? What does it look like to love others today? Sometimes it's just as simple as loving our neighbors means we follow the guidelines that have been put in place. Sometimes it means that we don't panic and hoard all of the goods, but we're generous with things. I don't know about you, but I have been so encouraged to hear from so many people in our church who have already spent such creative means and gone out and showed in tangible ways the love of Jesus Christ to their neighbors, to the elderly, to those who are sick around them. And I just want to encourage us tonight, don't stop. 
Don't stop loving others no matter what happens around us. But here's the thing. We can't love like Jesus would want us to love if our lives are controlled by fear. So may we rest tonight in the presence of God with us. That God is for us. That God has defeated death. That none of this has caught God off guard. We live in a scary world. And these are, by all intents and purposes, scary times. And it's easy in these hours to feel in a wide range of emotions and to be all over the place. But my heart and my prayer for us, for Moody Church, in this time, in this season, is that we would live lives not controlled by fear, but controlled and propelled by love. Would love be the defining characteristic of our lives in these days? May we be known not for our fear, but for our love. And as we love others, may they see the love of Christ in us. God, we thank you that you reign over all things, that you are sovereign, that this has not caught you off guard that you have already defeated death and the hope we have through Jesus, that your plan for us is still for our good. And God, no matter what isolation or quarantine or distancing we may have to practice or do, you are with us. God, even if we were to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us. God, in this time, in this hour, May the church of Jesus Christ be known for their love. May we find our rest and our security, our confidence in you so that we don't be lives controlled by fear, but compelled by your love for others. We pray all this in Jesus' name.